At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. In a culture growing in hostility, it's clear how far we are from what the kingdom of God should look like. As followers of Christ, it can be difficult to stand firm in what we are taught and what we believe in. It's easy to let idols slip into our lives without us even realizing it, especially when the world we live in puts people on a pedestal. In our new series, Daniel, The Clash of Cultures, we'll be looking at the life of Daniel and how even then Daniel had to navigate a culture who opposed God. We'll discover how we can put our trust in God regardless of our circumstances and how God is sovereign over all. Join us this new year as we study the life of Daniel and learn how to apply the truths inside this book to our own lives. that God is still moving in your life. Some of us, we think, man, that's for other people. That's not for me. I've went too far. I've sinned too much. No, that's not true. God has a story for your life as well. And so we want to get to know you. And so again, thank you so much for being here today. I just want to jump into the message because we are in our very last message in our Daniel series. And if you know Daniel, it's been prolific. It's been crazy. There's been different moments where, man, it gets us thinking. And this week is no different in Daniel chapter 6. So I want to start off with a question before we jump in. And the question is this. Have you ever wondered why God puts certain things in the Bible? Like, man, I know that story. I know the context of this or that's good. But why this? Why this part? Why would God put this area in the Bible or, or this specific text? What is the reason? And it gets us thinking because, man, God isn't just like throwing in a couple verses or a story or a book of the Bible. Like all of this is with purpose, right? So if it's in the Bible, that means it has value for our lives. There's something in it that can change our lives, that can impact our lives practically. And so I think with this story today, it gets you thinking, man, Daniel 6 is one of the most well-known stories, chapters in the entire Bible. I mean, I, I could do a show of hands and a high majority of people would say, I've heard this story. And the story is Daniel in the lion's den, right? A lot of us have heard that whether we've been Christians for most of our life, whether this is our very first time in a church in years or decades or ever, or maybe we've been kind of lukewarm here, there, going through seasons where we show up or don't show up, wherever we are, that we have probably heard of the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And this is a very significant story because Daniel, he has went a lifetime through trials, being taken out of his home, being taken out of his country, being taken to Babylon, having to learn a new language, having to learn a new culture. And oh yeah, this culture hates your God. This culture wants nothing to do with your God. And so here he is in Babylon. But if you remember from last week, everything changed. 
In chapter 5, verse 31, the last verse in chapter 5, now the Babylonian Empire has fallen, it has went to the wayside, and here comes the Medo-Persian Empire, and they've taken over, and you would think, oh man, who knows what's going to happen to these Hebrew people, who knows what's going to happen to Daniel, who who knows if, if you'll be killed, if you'll be enslaved, we don't know, but what we find out in chapter 6, in, in, in Daniel and his story is that he actually elevates to one of the highest positions in the kingdom. So here we have Daniel and, and you would think, man, he's got to work his way up again. No, that's not the case at all. He is distinguished. He is seen. He is recognized. And a large reason is because he is faithful. And our big idea for the day, what I want us to take away, is when we stay faithful, when we stay true, when we stay obedient, when we live with integrity, when no one's watching with our lives, with our jobs, God delivers. And now that delivers part might be misconstrued and like, oh, he's delivered, he's given me more money, or, or he's lowered my taxes on my home, or, or, or maybe he's given me the promotion. That, that's not what I'm saying. He delivers in the way exactly what we need, but not always what we want, right? Have we seen that before? It's like we pray these prayers of what we think we need, but, but actually it's not what we need. It would have been the worst thing in our lives. But God gives us and delivers us in the way that we need. And so we see this through his life. And, and so you wonder, what does a life of faithfulness result in? If we stay true to God, what is the result like, what is the, is the good, the bad, the ugly of us staying true to God? I mean, look at this room. A lot, of, a lot of social media, a lot of media in general would say that God is dead in our culture, but yet we got a room full of people who are wanting to grow, who want to be challenged, or maybe you're here to watch baptism. Regardless, we are all in this room for a reason. God has put us here for a reason. And you got to wonder, okay, for those who have followed Christ, who have given their lives to him, have been faithful, what are some of the results that we'll see? And we can connect that to this chapter today because Daniel stayed faithful to God even when taken to captivity, even when taken from the Babylonian Empire to the Persian Empire. And what we witnessed when he was faithful with this transition is that in his life of faithfulness, it actually exposed cultural opposition. Him staying true to God exposed hostility because it was against the culture. Look what it says in Daniel chapter 6. In Daniel chapter 6, it says this. As, as we see with Darius, it pleased the king, King Darius of the Persian Empire, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three officials of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps would, should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. So a satrap is essentially like a governor or government official. Then this Daniel became distinguished all, uh, above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. 
Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. And and we're going to pause there for a moment because these guys got jealous, right? They got jealous of where Daniel was. Who's this Hebrew? Who's this guy working his way up through the ranks? I've been with Darius. I've been with this king. I've paid my dues. And so they tried to have a little smear campaign, right? Try to find some dirt. Luckily, we don't witness that in our politics, right? We're good. But the thing is this. There was, there was this smear campaign where they're trying to figure things out. They're trying to find air. They're trying to find an area where he, he, he skipped a couple steps or he did something illegal. And then they realized because Daniel was so distinguished, was so above reproach, was so focused on being faithful and living with integrity, they knew they weren't going to find anything. They knew it. And so they said, okay, the only thing we can do is to use his faith against him. That's what we got to do. And so they went to King Darius. And when they went to King Darius, they went and they talked to him and they said, hey, this is what you got to do, king. We want you as this new king of this kingdom to have 30 days. We want you to have 30 days. And in this 30 days, no one is to worship anyone else or any other god, they are supposed to worship you. And and you be the one that's set above any religion, any kingdom. You are the one. And if anyone does not worship you for this 30 days, these 30 days, they will be thrown into a lion's den. That was his thought. And, And so all these officials, when they worked together to use this against him, they were hoping that they would catch him in his trap. They knew that Daniel was not going to not worship God. They knew that he would be faithful to his God above all else. And so they knew that this would be the only hope they had. And so regardless of what happened and what we're going to see, they knew that he was a man of obedience. He was a man that couldn't be shook They knew that he was a well-seasoned man. Daniel, at this point, he's not where he was at Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 2, when we started going through the series. He was a teenager. Now he's like 80 years old. Like this is years and decades later, and he has stood the test of time. He ain't going to be shook now. And so here we have Daniel, and in the midst of this, This ain't his first rodeo. This ain't his first moment against the most powerful person in the world. And he was going to stay true to the very first command of the Ten Commandments found in Ezekiel 23, which is, you shall have no other gods before me. And so if he didn't stop then, he ain't stopping now. And so they were trying to set this up against him. And the truth is, with us, if we follow God... We will have people that don't like us or are hostile towards us or or even are condescending or patronizing. It's going to happen. I mean, look at the word of God. Look at what Jesus said to his disciples in John 15. He, He said this in John 15. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. He's saying, hey, the world's going to hate you. The world's not going to like you. 
There's going to be moments where, where the world wants to hurt you. And in certain areas of the world, that is true. That's a reality. Uh, let's go further. Let's look at 1 Peter 4. When, when Peter's talking, he's saying, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Don't be surprised with the fires, with the flaming arrows of the evil one. Don't be afraid because this is reality when we choose to live in Christ. What about Paul? Paul said this in 2 Timothy. He said, all desire, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That doesn't say they might be persecuted. doesn't say there's a, there's a good chance they will be persecuted. We will, if we are truly in Christ, in one way, shape, or another, be persecuted. And, and so if we are faithful to God, it's going to expose cultural opposition. And so I wanted to say it in this way, and I think this is a better way for us to, to take away the, this first point, is if you're faithful to Christ, you should expect to face some kind of ridicule, opposition, even suffering for your faith. And I would love to say that's just going to be in the world, but most often it happens within the home. An aunt, an uncle, a mom, a brother, a grandkid, a grandma. It hits close to home. It's not just Joe Worker who you don't have much relational equity with. It's usually those we love most. But I believe God has called us to be faithful. And when we are faithful, he delivers. Which goes into the second, second part of what we will see when we stay faithful to him. Is Christian faithfulness cultivates uncompromising character. Key word, uncompromising. We don't compromise. You know, we, we don't live in the lukewarm. We don't live one foot across the line and one foot on the backside. We live a life that is uncompromising in its character. Look at what Daniel says, uh, or what happens with Daniel in Daniel 6, verse 10 to 11. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, post-document, okay, post-signature, when he knew that it was signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Wait, he gave thanks when there was a decree just sent out that if anyone worships anyone else other than the king of Persia, they'll die? Well, he gave thanks to God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. So, so we see here, leave that up for a moment. It, it says that in this moment of trial, in this moment of controversy, he prayed, he gave thanks. But what's interesting is that phrase, as he had done previously. He didn't just go to God when times were bad. He was faithful in the good. Just before this story, he was the most powerful man in the kingdom of Persia other than King Darius. That sounds pretty good to me. Essentially the vice president of this nation. 
And he was praising God. He was faithful three times a day. He prayed. He gave thanks as he had done previously. And even when the document was signed, even when everything was good, he stayed faithful. For us as Christ followers, we are to stay faithful. Even when things are good, even things, when things are bad, even when things are downright terrible, even when things are just seem to be falling our way, we are to follow God in all places and journeys of our life. And this is something that's important for us to remember because Daniel, again, wasn't a ruddy 18-year-old. He was an 80-year-old. He had stayed faithful in the exile, faithful be between different kings of Babylon, and he wasn't going to be any different. He was not going to compromise at this phase of his life because he had stayed faithful when no one was watching. It's so important for us to remember. And so I, I think with, with the question that I've been, I've been wrestling with all week, how do you know you wouldn't bend or compromise your faith if one day practicing Christianity was outlawed? How do you know? Because the truth is, in this room, some of us would say, that's too much. Like, I, I, can't, I can't go any further in my faith. How would you know? How would we really know that we wouldn't compromise our faith? Well, what's important for us to know is whether that comes or not, what's happening today has huge implications on that. When things are good, when things are bad, when things are blah, <laughs> when things are smooth, when things are status quo, that we are faithful. And there's some habits we can use to build this uncompromising character. And some of these are, are, are clear. Some of them maybe we haven't thought about. But daily scripture reading and prayer. Be in the word. Study the word. Weekly attendance at a worship service. Being with people. Not just the legalism of, I checked off the box. I went to church. No, being with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Surrounding yourself with people of like mind. Other things, being able to, to confess sin and build relational accountability with one, two, or three other Christians. Just having someone you can say, I'm struggling, I'm angry, I, I'm, I'm struggling in this sin. Working faithfully, honestly, and diligently at your job. We work not for our employer, we work for God first. Remember that all our work we do, we work, work as to God rather than man. So I say it all the time. I am called by God. I am called by God. But it just so happens that he has also called me to be part of Woodside. And so Woodside helps take care of my earthly needs so I can pay some bills or not pay some bills. You know, the whole point is this. The, the reality is, you know, I'm not called from Woodside. I'm called by God. We're, we're called to work for God over man. And then pay your bills. Be a good citizen Taxes, set aside money to give to ministry so we can see ministry impact in our world. These are some things we can do that will build us into an uncompromising Christ follower. Which leads into our, our third one of what is the result of Christian faithfulness. And that is divine deliverance. 
It's the divine deliverance. If you look at verse 12 and 13, again, it starts to build on the story. They catch Daniel. And the result is Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. And when the king finds out, he's not angry. He's actually in deep anguish because he loves Daniel. He cares for him, but now he can't, he can't go back on his decree. I mean, he stamped this. He sent it out throughout his kingdom. And so the king is distraught, and he says in verse 20, he declared this to Daniel, Daniel, serving the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? So he sends him in to the lion's den. He before says, hey, if your God can save you, it's a good time. And then at this moment, he goes back the next day because he cares for him, yells into this pit. And we see the response from Daniel. He says, my God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths and they have not harmed me because I, have, I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Because he lived a life of faithfulness. He lived following God. And in this case, there was deliverance, divine intervention, a moment where God stepped in and literally shut the mouths of lions. And we got some lions in our life. We got some things in front of us. If I could go through just the things that I know, man, we got some things we're facing with job security, with cancer, with depression, with addiction, with, with past marital relationship, with current relationship, you name it. Uh, the, the checkbook, the balancing the checkbook and seeing if we can figure out financially how to get by. And we face those lions. And the question is, will we be faithful? Will we choose to trust God? Will we trust him that he will show up, that he will deliver us? Because we talk about Daniel and how he was thrown in a pit and he didn't deserve it. And he had done nothing wrong. But there was someone else who didn't deserve it. And they were thrown in much worse than a lion's den. And, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did nothing wrong. And yet he went to the cross. He was one who, like Daniel, had lived above reproach. And is an ultimate savior for this world. If we surrender to him. If we are willing to give up lordship of our own life and say, okay, God, here I am. Just like we heard this morning, these stories and experiences of these men and women that said, okay, God, here I am. I've went and I've chased after the things of this world. I've had something missing. Even though there was this, this narrative of, Something else can fill the void that God can't. Well, some of us, we have that same narrative in our own mind. We're chasing things that we think will fill that void. And, and, and I want to tell you, nothing else can fill the void but Jesus. Nothing. Nothing else in this world. Which leads to our final point, that if we stay faithful, it's going to spur a spiritual awakening. 
It'll awaken our souls. Look at what it says in the final couple verses. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of lions. Through Daniel's faithfulness, the whole Persian empire found out about who God was. Because he was faithful, there was this global transmission and decree commending and worshiping this this God, all his royal dominion. And so when we are faithful, we might not have a global transmission, but the people around us will see. They'll say, you're, you're the person I know, but you're different. You've changed. Our faithfulness is a testimony to a watching world. We are a testimony to those around us. And we have to remember like we just read through Daniel, that there is an onlooking world and it's watching us and they're looking at us and they're looking for consistency and they're looking for integrity and they're looking for faithfulness and they're looking for something that's real when everything we see in the world is not. They want something that lasts. And they don't just go and look at churches They look at you. They look at me. They look at Christ's followers. We get to be that light. And it might seem like a lot of pressure, but the beauty is that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That if we are filled with the Spirit, we're not going to carry out the deeds of our flesh. We'll live with the power of God within us, with self-control and joy and patience and we see with that, with, with the Holy Spirit in us, that he empowers us to stay faithful, to stay on the journey. And in those moments, I promise you, God will deliver. He will, church. He will. And so we're going to do something a little different as we end. We usually end with a, with a worship song, but we had too many baptisms, right? I mean, what a prom to have, right? So I want to pray for us, and then we can go and pick up the kids, uh, go peacefully. Um, and, and I want to pray as we go that we can live with that spirit, with that uncompromising faith of Daniel. God, thank you again so much for today that we can be your church, that we can stay true to you. We pray that we can be faithful because you are the God who delivers. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.